Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret and welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm actually in Japan at this time. I've been teaching my course on metaphysiotherapy. Each person that was studying in this course was focused on their genetic history and I thought that would be a good idea to use in this program. So I'd like to take you on a little journey, make you think a little bit more about yourself. Have you stopped to think what you must have looked like floating inside your mother's womb? You know, back in the days when I was born, there wasn't any ultrasound, there wasn't anything that my mother could do to know whether I was a boy or a girl. All she had to do was pass nine months and then hope that I came out with all my toes and fingers in the right place. But today, we are allowed to do all sorts of things to check our baby out before they're even anywhere near three months. But even so, none of us really stop to think what we were like inside the womb. What was it like inside the womb? How did we hear things? You know, we can hear our own stomach gurgle and we can hear our heart beat. But what would it be like listening to gurgles and thumps for as much as six months with awareness? And how would you hear people talking to your mother outside of her body? Probably it would sound something like being underwater and listening to people on the side of the pool screaming and yelling while you're swimming underneath the water. But we can't prove that, can we? We can only assume. We can say that things sound like. We can say that things perhaps would have been like. But we can't actually know. So we think. But actually, our spirit self does know. So I want you to bear with me and take a little step back in time with yourself. Back before you were ever in the womb. So where were you? Well, most of us know that we were in the spirit world, busy sorting out the life to come. But what exactly were we doing? I'd like to share that with you. Sometimes we're busy meeting all the people who are going to be our family members. We're making arrangements. We're bonding. We're setting up characters, personalities. We're deciding what kind of focus we want to have in our life on earth. We want to know whether we will have a very happy life, a miserable life, or something between. We also want to know that we follow a theme, something that will allow us to really grow. And of course, growth is all about spiritual evolvement into ascension. So, let's talk a little bit about time. Most of us think that once we get pregnant, the baby just pops in and we carry that baby and out pops baby. But how did baby get there in the first place? Well, we have a DNA history. We have a genetic coding in our body that actually takes us back through generations. So sometimes a baby's 
preparation for being in life might be as much as one, two or three centuries before you actually arrive. Now that might seem a very long time to us, but we need all those ancestors to be born. We need for them to go through many experiences in order to develop some kind of understanding so that by the time we arrive then we are born in that line of growth and can continue the family system and in turn bring someone else into our lives. So let's focus on women for a minute. And women are the ones who carry babies into the world. We want to see how a mother actually gives to her child her history. So long before she's actually pregnant, she'll start to think, I feel like I will have a baby one day. I feel like I am supposed to have a baby one day. So I better find a husband, sit down and think about family life and eventually set myself up into circumstances where I can have that baby. Now during that time, the spirit that is going to be her baby has to catch up, has to know what she's doing on earth. So often the spirit of the baby-to-be will be following the mother around and watching and listening and learning. Yes, what are they learning? About the world, how it is today, because it may be eons of time before their last life when they were doing stuff that was totally different from the way it is today. So while they're following mom around, they're actually preparing for the time to come when they will be born. And then when it is time for their connection with the mother, they will begin to share themselves spirit to spirit, heart to heart, mind to mind. So the mother begins to say, I feel like I'm being watched. I feel like the spirit of my child is around me somewhere. I think I'll soon get pregnant. And so, as natural things happen, we get pregnant and now the mother says, I can feel the spirit of my baby. And as the baby grows in the womb, I feel like I need to talk to my baby and tell my baby what this world is like. Play music, my favorite music, or um, play my games or do something that I feel will influence my baby to be born with similar habits, talents and skills as myself. Or even to have some of father's abilities so that my child will grow up to be strong, capable, independent and to provide for themselves as well as their family when it comes time for them to get married. So we all have this little string of thoughts going on and I'm sure you must have done that yourself whether you're a mother or not. So now think about yourself as an entity, a tiny little thing that's born and all you can do is uh, wriggle around, shall we say, in your cot and swim and shout and eat and defecate and start living. 
What's going on? What's going on in your brain? Well, what's actually going on is you're activating all that planning that you've been doing in the spirit world before you ever came to be a human being. You've activated your mother's DNA. You've activated your grandma's history. And through your grandma, her mother. And through her mother, and so on, back through generations of women. And all those women, at some time or other, were learning to be free and independent. So let's just pause for a minute and think about women, say, 200 years ago. They weren't really very free. They were controlled by men. They were told what they had to do. Most of them sold their body to get something if they were poor. Often they worked as slaves in people's houses, cleaning floors, doing all sorts of awful menial jobs just to make a living. And they'd go home and the husband would take that money and spend it maybe in the pub or uh, on some other woman. And life was a struggle. If they were born into society, then they had to perform in certain duties, run the house in certain ways, and whatever the husband said, they had to honor that, stand by him, even if they didn't agree, and do exactly what he told them to do. And then, as time came forward, slowly, these generations of women began to think. I need to have my independence. I should have time to do something I want to do. So I'm going to break away from the control of men. So by the early 1900s, women were voting, or trying to vote, in different countries to get their freedom. Of course, the men didn't really want them to do it, so they demonstrated in different ways and finally got the vote. But at the same time, there were wars going on in the world. And women started to do the jobs that men normally would do while they were at home. The reason they did it was because there was no one else to do it. The men were all gone. They were were all busy fighting. And so they had to survive at home. They had to take care of their children. And so another generation was learning freedom and independence by circumstances. And then as we move forward away from those wars, we start to see how women began to realize that they didn't have to be married, that they didn't have to stay in a miserable marriage. If it was a disastrous one, they could divorce. If it didn't suit their history or their background, their dreams or their ambitions, they could break away and start anew. So suddenly, in the 50s and 60s, women all over the place were learning to break away from their husbands, to live on their own, and to find ways to be independent. Now, that wasn't easy. The government didn't have certain support systems in place. So the struggle went for women once again to go on into the world to build new ideas. And slowly, as we come into our time now, we can see that women have established themselves. 
They are in important positions. We have world leaders who are women. We have marvelous doctors and lawyers who stand and defend many other women and so on and so on. And I'm sure you can look at yourself now and say, I feel as a woman that I have a purpose, that I have something important to do. Well, basically, the importance of your life is about establishing a woman's life in a way that is nurtured. You know, we don't all want to be fighting battles for men, and we don't want all to be independent all our lives. What we want is a unity in unconditional love, a way of sharing with our men and with our children that allows all of us to grow up feeling that we are safe. So part of the journey for women right now is to understand their history, to think about their DNA, to think about where they came from so that they can teach their children that you have followed a long line of women struggling in a variety of different ways to establish a world of unity. And here we are in the Aquarian Age, an age that is purported to be one of communications where people will share their ideas and their feelings and build a world together where not only women but men as well can find unity and peace all over this world. And at this time of recording this, we are yet again at war. So how do we learn? Where is the spiritual lesson? So let's go back to the idea that you are in the spirit world, sorting out your life to come. You will sit and talk with all these people that are going to be your spirit friends or your enemies. You're going to make a plan. You're going to set up ideas about how you would like to interact with one another. Each one of these people has chosen a coding, and that coding we call a soul structure. It gives everyone an independence of performance to show their character and their personality in different styles, different attitudes, different levels of awareness. And though they may seem very different, there is in fact a common goal. All of them in some way are either negatively or positively pushing themselves and everyone they meet towards realizing that in this new age we are all the same. No matter how different we are, we are all the same. So part of the coding from the oneness into our body is to not only listen to that long history, that long line of our ancestors in the female side, but also to realize that the men have also come through women. And so they too have a long line of history going back through women. So men at this time are being stimulated to think about their mothers 
their grandmothers, and so on back through time, to begin to realize that they do not have to be in charge, that they can be supportive to the women, that they can encourage the women in their lives today to be out there doing whatever they want to do, sharing whatever skills and talents they have, not only with their family, but with others and with the men. It's also interesting that a lot of the men have become stay-at-home fathers. They're finding that they have a natural instinct to want to feed the baby, change the diaper, talk to the baby, nurture the baby in a variety of different ways, which in generations prior would have been a bother. It didn't seem to be natural for a man to change a diaper. It didn't seem natural for a man to hold a bottle and feed a baby. Of course, nowadays it is. But why do we have such a separation? Why do we have such a misunderstanding about our male and female selves? Well, let's go back again into the spirit world. Let's go back, not only to the spirit world, but to time moving backwards, backwards in time. We've all had past lives. We've all had lives as men and as women. We've all been born through women many, many times. We've all lived with the influence of people's lives telling us what to think and what to feel. So whether it was in Rome or South America or Africa or China, wherever it was, throughout time there has been a conflict between men and women. That conflict has come down to a very simple thing today. What it is, is man must nurture woman. Woman was born to love and support man. So in this time now, we are looking back at all our lives where we've been separated, where we've said, we are men, we can't trust the women, or we are women, we can't trust the men. We are looking at our weak spots that we've had throughout all our lives. And what we're actually trying to do is clean our slate. We're trying to learn to love unconditionally. We're trying to learn to share without doubt without fear, without anxiety. So we might say, how can that be when I turn on the news today and I see all these dreadful things? Well, unfortunately, we learn the hard way. The more we see suffering, the more we feel pain. I began this show by talking about me teaching metaphysiotherapy to my Japanese students. On the last day, they were all asked to share why they'd done this course. It was very interesting to note that most of them were young, born somewhere in the 60s, and yet here they were talking about 
the suffering of the Jews and how they'd seen life is beautiful and cried for hours because they could identify with all that suffering in those terrible places where so many Jews died. And then they were talking about how they remembered that their parents and grandparents and the views they'd heard from those people talking of how hard it had been during World War Two. And then they were talking about their mindsets, the conditioning, the things they believed that they now found were not true, lies that were taught to them things that they had no idea about in the world. And it went on and on like this. And by the end of the day, everyone was crying and laughing and sharing. The men even cried. Everyone felt that they had finally found people who were able to share their histories, who were able to come together and say, we're all just the same. It doesn't matter whether we're man or woman. It doesn't matter where we've been and what we've done. What matters is who we are today. And what matters is who we will teach in the future. I was very satisfied by this. I thought, wow, the years of my teaching them has really done some good. And I know they will go on to teach other people in this country. And that made me very satisfied. But why was I needing to be satisfied? Well, being psychic, I had the ability to go back in time and to look at all the times that mankind had interacted in some way, shape or form. And no matter where the country, and no matter what the circumstances, and no matter who might be the mother or the father, there is this innate thing that happens to everyone when they get a child. It's an extension of self. It's a part of self that one has to be aware of. And so this natural love for a child comes forward. So even if a mother decides she has to give her child away for adoption because of circumstances, or even if the father has to leave home because things don't work out. It doesn't mean he doesn't love his child. It doesn't mean mother abandoned her child because she didn't love it. It simply means that those were the right circumstances for the child to be born to move into this world with emotional, mental and physical stimuli that will cause them to look back at their life, their ancestry, their DNA. So, none of us have exactly the same DNA. Science has proved that. Why? Well, basically it's because we have genetic coding from our spirit into our body to make us different. We have memories that cause our DNA to split differently and to record parts of ourselves in different ways. So even though we're very similar, we're very different. Of course, right now, science hasn't learned to read all the DNA strands. But genetically, we have a lot of memories in our cells of how to do things. 
so we can be born very talented. It may be we've skipped hundreds of generations through time to bring out some talent in ourselves at this time so that we can help generations to come. I've seen families with no talent for music suddenly produce a child that can play brilliantly with one session. We say they're special, but are they really? Or are they simply bringing the coding in from all that long time ago and demonstrating it again? There's so much that people do not understand about their spirit self. So next time you stop and see a woman today who's pregnant, someone who's having a baby, or you have an opportunity to watch a movie on iTunes, uh, I have television or whatever it's called, uh, you're going to say, I can watch this and think about myself and my own birth. I can think about who I am and why I'm here. I can think about my grandparents and what they taught my mother and father. I can think about all these things into infinity, back and back in time, and never know all the reality, but my spirit self will tell me, you're in that line, and you have talents, and you have skills that you can use. So there's no excuse to sit at home on the sofa and say, I can't do anything. There's no excuse to say, I hear all these people telling me that nothing's good anymore. Because somewhere in your DNA, somewhere in your genes, is a part of the coding that will stimulate you to get up out of that chair and go out there in the world and do something. It doesn't matter if the world approves of you or not. All that you have to do is to remember you were once this perfect little baby and that everything you need and require is within you. So where is it? It's deep in your brain. The brain was the first part of you that grew. And from there your spinal cord, your bones, your muscles, limbs came in. So your brain has all the coding, all the memories. Your spirit controlled that. And your spirit is still controlling it today. So give yourself time to stop and think how perfect your body is. It's still working. Did you take care of it? Or did you neglect it? Are you sick and ill? Perhaps you might like to go back in time and think about your original pattern. A time when you were not sick. A time when you could run, jump, do whatever you wanted to do. That is a coding that you came in with. It's still there. It's still in your brain. Meditate. Reconnect to those years. If you're listening to this and you're saying, well, I was born with something wrong, don't think that it's anybody's fault. Recognize that sometimes the genes just don't come out the same way. Maybe back in time there's some ancestor that had this and you're repeating a pattern. Maybe your body just didn't grow in the right way because circumstances in your mother's life just didn't let all the right energy flow in the right way. 
But that wasn't her fault. That's part of what you needed to have happen. And whatever is with you, it's a part of what you're meant to do. So don't feel sorry for yourself. Instead, sit up and think, I have a life. And I can use that life any way I want to. I chose to be born here in this line of women and of men who carried the woman's seed, who helped make me. And I'm here in this way to spread unconditional love in whatever way, circumstances, situations I find myself in. I can do it. I can share myself. Your mind is your enemy. Your conscious mind will tell you this can't be done. Things are wrong. You'll judge the world. Why do you do it? Because you're trying to teach yourself to remember that your spirit came here to overcome judgment. That you came here to see that there is another point of view about you. So let's start with you as a baby. Your first smile. Your first giggle. Your first awareness that something felt nice. Your first chance to wriggle on the floor, crawl and stand. The feeling of great success as you manage to do those things. Your first words. How proud you felt that you could say them. Your first abilities to learn and to understand your separation from your mother, to find out you could be independent. Your first schoolings that taught you you were clever, that you could learn new things. Your first abilities to understand yourself as a boy or a girl and to share and flirt and grow up in a world of teenagers. Your first job. Your first time you fell in love. It goes on and on. Remember all those first times because those were special moments. Those were the moments when you understood your spirit. And when you've got time, look at how you so often remember what was wrong. And ask yourself, why do I focus on what's bad? Why don't I focus on those first times? as women in the past have throughout history focused on their first times and that here I am with a collective consciousness of many women who've gone before me with a collective consciousness of many experiences I've had in past lives I'm here now today to share myself with anyone and everyone who'd like to be with me. And I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to realize that my life means something. So whether you're a healer or just a housewife, whether you're a child who wants to become a leader, whether you're a man or a woman who's great, whoever you are, value your life, because it is a good life. Thank you for listening. And next week I'll bring you another topic of interest. So stay safe and enjoy your life.